Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. It's time for Tuesdays with Neil, sir. Welcome. As always, it is an extraordinary pleasure to be here. I hope you guys are doing well out there. About to work out next week. This Tuesday is the 4th of July. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a week off because my boss is going to be gone like at the end of this week. So I got to do all his stuff leading yeah. into it. I feel like, uh, man, I'm just putting it off. <laughs> I feel like that isn't, uh, <laughs> that isn't close yet, but I suppose I should probably start getting concerned about that. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So, hard knocks. Uh, I know Shannon Furman. She is part of the crew that does this, and they they do great work with it. What is the reluctance on the part of now, obviously many teams, to about whether they want to be on hard knocks or not? Because I know Shannon and the, and, and the crew. I mean, they're not sitting there trying to get anybody. Yeah, I, I think. There, there's probably a lot of different angles to this. My my gut would be coaches and to whatever degree players don't want the cameras around because they don't want to get clowned. You know, they don't want to have that viral moment because right. believe me, there, there are people that are watching the show specifically for that, uh, for for the sake of creating content, and it's. I, I I'm not totally clear on the rules, but obviously. Uh, the, the players aren't getting direct cuts for their participation uh, with the show. So that there's ample uh, marketing that is done off of them and moments that are in the show when they need to be you know, focused on what they're doing. Uh, from the coach's perspective, it, it's a distraction. There are other things there. It's something to take the players' minds off of the, the task at hand. At the same time, I would offer up that um, because of the rules that are in place, what it's really saying is you qualified for this. It's not really right. a good thing to be qualified for it. So um, it, 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 call it a, a you know a loser's badge, if you will. If you're on the show, that means that you failed to meet um, a bunch of standards that would otherwise say that you had, to some degree, a successful season the year before. Um, also, add in the fact that I, I don't think anybody would do well with their fan base, all of those things considered, to say they're excited about the opportunity to do it. You know, right. I, don't, I don't think that they want their fan base thinking that this is a good thing for them. They're better off coming off as we don't want to do this. I'm, you know, we won't know for certain. I'm sure there are some factions within a team that don't mind it. I'm sure there are some players that see it as an opportunity. But to your point, um, you, you kind of alluded to this. If you watch it, especially now, they're focusing on, you know, it never will be. You know, a lot of these guys, the, the competitions that they're talking about are fringe roster spots. They're practice right. squad spots. We, we've gotten to know the, the international player on, like, the last four teams on hard knocks. Those, those are guys that, that, if not for the extra space created for them, wouldn't be on the team at all. So. It's, right. it's, they're not really putting the stars to a whole lot of work, and I think that's something that's been kind of weeded out in the last, I don't know, four or five seasons of it. If I looked at a roster on that, I could probably tell you when it's 
started to, to slide away from it. But it, it's an entertaining show. It's a good show. It, it doesn't get you uh, as in-depth a look um, as what's probably real. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I, I get why coaches, general managers, might not want the cameras around when they're trying to do stuff. I just, I'm not entirely sure. It's, you know, it, it, it's pretty soft. They're not really going after stuff. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's been since James Harrison was like actively, you know, borderline assaulting the, the cameraman to get away from him that we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. kind of controversial type of stuff. It, it's, it's pretty vanilla. It's not real edgy right. anymore you know you're not really seeing that and a, a lot of the guys that are in there you love hearing about them but the next time you hear about them is when they get cut and then they might get signed somewhere else during the season right. by somebody else and you're not thinking about them going into the next season so it's not like this is real you know it, 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 incredibly high-end nfl talent uh, uh sharing parts of themselves during that process well what's interesting is that uh Bill O'Brien, when the Texans were on it, well, Bill's up there talking and at practice discussing the way I always saw Bill talk and discuss, okay, when it came to situations like that. And then he's, I remember I was talking to him. I said, hey, how do you think of what? He goes, Jonesy, he says, my mother saw the first one. She says, well, what are you talking like that for? Because <laughs> the mom isn't in practice. So, you know. But but you're talking about the reason they focus on the, the stories you're talking about is those are the compelling stories as to whether somebody makes it or not. I already know Aaron Rodgers has made the team. <laughs> I don't have yeah, to worry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Right? They're trying to come up with a story. Yeah, telling the story of it, I, I think, is and that that's something I think that's changed with the, the production uh, that HBO has put in charge of it. I, I can't disagree with that. You do need to have some type of conflict, some kind of drama there. Um, and they've done a good job highlighting the human element, I think, a, a lot of it. Um, if, if you really want to get to know the NFL, you have to see all of it, in my opinion, because we've discussed this many times. Within the, the NFLPA, the Players Union, you're looking at a massive delta of, of really any type of human qualification you can think of. There, there's, the difference between the highest paid and the minimum is enormous. Uh, the yeah. age range is probably 18 years, something like that. Uh, experience, obviously, is vastly different. It, you put all that, you, the microcosm of that within a team creates a, a huge you know, I don't know if imbalance is the right word. I don't want to suggest it's a negative thing, but there's a lot of different things that are going on. You're catching a lot of different people at different points of their lives. Um, they're, they're going after the undrafted rookies, which I don't think it's a coincidence. You're seeing more and more undrafted rookies making rosters uh, coming out of, of training camp nowadays. You kind of see uh, how they became who they were, at least uh, you know what the, the producers are, are selected to put on the screen. And it does create that that sense of, you know, will they or won't they? That the, the drama that comes with you know making a roster. I think that is compelling. Um, I, I do enjoy watching that. At the same time, though, I remember you can go back to uh, uh, the Cowboys year, which I feel was probably the most uh, overly orchestrated of all of them. They right. did provide some good insight into uh, Dak and and uh, he and and Zeke Elliott's friendship. You got a little bit from Dak. Um, he was injured, but you saw really just how 
you know, competitive he was, how single-minded he was, and most of that was because he was trying to avoid all of it. You know, you, you can see where that comes from, and it gave you some good insight into uh, uh, McCarthy's uh, position. You know, I, I took from it that Jerry Jones really is in charge of just about everything, so yeah, it kind exactly. of confirmed what everybody yeah. already knows. And yeah. you, you can get some good stuff almost in an unintentional way, and it really depends on uh, you know when the cameras are on. And to be honest with you, that's not all that much different than working camp uh, as, as part of media. There are things that you might see but you can't really report on, and there are things that happen that you can that the team can't really control. So there, there's kind of this sense of chaos combined with, uh, you know, a, a good amount of story opportunity uh, from a, a, an eclectic group of people who are all there mixed together in, in you know, oppressive heat and combative uh, conditions. It, it, it can make for some good storylines, and, you know, some have been better than others, but you always appreciate the, the production value that, that goes into it. Well, I know they always appreciate whatever cooperation they get, because it does make the production for Shannon and her crew a lot easier. Uh, and 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 the crew has been here for, geez, that same crew has been here several times for their rookie, you know, welcome, hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL. So, I mean, I've seen them around for that, to do that as part of a part of the group. Uh, this is a time of year where this is about as slow as it gets. Uh, this is about the only time of the year the NFL does not dominate the cycle. Right now, it's the NBA and Major League Baseball. Um, how important is it for the NFL just to have a little time to breathe before they dominate again? I think two parts to it. I think that if they had something they could do in June, they would. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that said, the people who might not agree with that are gone. They're they're on vacation. Their news doesn't break because people aren't doing it because they are taking, you know, really the last breath of quasi free air before you know their their world uh, becomes extremely narrow, extremely specific to to the job that they have to do. And I'm really talking more about the front office. You know, players yeah. do it as well. Um, look around social media. You see them. In, you know, this is when they take their trips. They're in Europe. They're in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's you. You get the sense that um, usually because it's fans screaming about why they're not in the gym working out at that particular moment, which is you know always kind of fun to see. Um, it, it, it's their one opportunity to say, look, all right, we, we've drawn up everything we're going to drop. We can wait and make decisions on this for another time. You know, yes, there are still good players who are out in the market, and it's not that yes. teams are completely asleep at the wheel. It's just more like, why bother signing them right now? We have camp in a month. There's nothing that's going to happen between now and then, um, except, and I, I don't mean this negatively, but except for them to get hurt. So do we want to be liable for this now, or at the very least get them into camp uh, where they have a professional reason to have gotten hurt? You know, we might be on the hook for it then, but... It's better than them, you know, breaking their ankle, falling off the sidewalk before they even step foot on the field. They're not going to make a move now. So now I think is not that it's necessarily, you know, organized this way, but there seems to be a very much an understanding that this is the time of the year everyone kind of shuts it down uh, and, and moves away. 
that said, I, I think, you know, humanistically, yeah, they, they, they probably need to do that. Um, I think, too, it's a good time uh, for fans to not be plugged in and to not kind of grasp at straws. We, we got over the draft hangover probably in May. Right. You know, there's a lot of excitement that comes from mm-hmm. that. It's fun to see them in minicamp. You see them in, in teams' practice jerseys and the helmet for the first time. There's some value to that. And then there kind of just comes a point where it's like, we can't really push the envelope here anymore. You know, let's just wait on it because all of this stuff we'll notice come preseason that it's nonsense compared to the real football that's going on. And then come week one, week two, week three, we'll see that the preseason was kind of nonsense compared to what everything is. So I I think to, to make those. Um, to, to make those kind of tent poles increase in strength, you have to have a dead moment where everything just sort of resets. I think that's where it is. It's really this is really more of an audience attention thing than anything else. So it, it coincides yeah. well uh, with with a time period in which they can all just kind of say, "Look, you know what? Let, let's just take a couple weeks off, uh, or you know, whatever that happens to mean. We don't have anything specific going on here. We can deal with internal stuff. We can deal with long-reaching stuff." Um, more so than we can about roster personnel, media facing mm-hmm. type of thing, and just kind of get ready uh, for for what it's going to be, which is you know total chaos come late July. Something's going to happen on July 11th that has not happened in four years, and that is there's going to be a supplemental draft. The supplemental draft over the years, Bernie Kosar, Terrell Pryor, people like that. There's only one player in this thing. And that is Milton Wright, a wide receiver from Purdue, who was academically ineligible this past season. If you use a fourth-round selection in the supplemental draft to take him, you will then lose a fourth-round pick in the 2024 draft. That's how it works. Uh, He's the only guy in it. Do you think somebody will take a flyer on him? Every year this comes up, and I, I have gotten so uh, hypnotically obsessed with this answer. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even realize they didn't have a supplemental draft the last four years. I know that we talk about it <laughs> That's every year. That's why I'm here. That's why and I'm it, here. It, it, <laughs> usually, you bring up whoever the player is, and that's when you start looking into whoever the player is, because let's be right. honest, if a guy that's facing academic suspension uh, didn't go pro, there's probably a reason. So you yes. look at it from the perspective of this This has to be a, a pretty high-level guy if you want to spend a future pick on him right now because you're essentially trading mm-hmm. uh, for, right. for that player. And on top of that, you're improving the rest of your competition because that cuts the pick out of the round. Is he worth having on your team going into camp now? He has not been through mini camp. Uh, you don't know anything about him personally. You haven't, you know, you, you, if he wasn't, if he had not declared for the draft, you didn't meet with him. You didn't interview him. There has to That's be a right. compelling reason for you to want to go get him. Now, the question is, uh, is this guy Josh Gordon? I don't right. think so. And, <laughs> to be yeah, he was a supplemental draft pick. I don't know who he is. Yeah, it's, it, I would say no. Um, just flat bottom line, no. I agree. Um, I know. It has been, uh, granted, you know, things might have changed within the, the Steelers organization, but it was 
you know, kind of silent standard operating procedure, they were never going to take anybody in the supplemental draft. They don't care who That's it right. is. They were not going uh-huh. to take anybody. Um, I, I, I expect that streak to continue now. Um, it's fun coming up with kind of tongue-in-cheek content to, to surround the supplemental draft. Usually it's a, yes. a look back at it. And there was a point in time in which when you, when you had the, the break off of the USFL and there was a lot of decisions mm-hmm. to be made. and uh, there, there was legitimate competition back and forth. The supplemental draft made a, a, a bit more sense than it probably does today. I see the value of it, but I almost feel like it, 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 they're not able to, to shoehorn it in at a better time. But where it is, the placement of it almost seems to me more like the NFL really doesn't want to actively try to poach players from college. That's the right. supplemental draft happening after minicamp really just says you don't have a chance. You have to have a really strong reason to not go back to school, whatever that happens to be. But by and large, the team isn't going to waste a pick on a guy that gave up his college eligibility, and nobody else is going to waste a, a, a pick on right. anyway. He's an undrafted free agent then. Going back to what I said before, that's becoming a bigger and bigger thing. So a, a lot of these guys are still going to end up, you know, he's probably a, a, at best a practice squad player as, as a rookie, or that's where he's going to get his start. Not a bad place to be anymore. So no. why, why spend the pick on him? Um, right. There's just there's a lot of guys you have in, in some way, shape, or form at least one, if not two, other professional leagues that are going on. You know, the Steelers have what five guys going into camp that they signed from from a, a minor league uh, this mm-hmm. this past spring season. So it, there are a lot more opportunities. There aren't maybe as many roster positions as there are, but there are always a, a ton of injuries. I think there's value to going into the supplemental draft, but it, it's not the supplemental draft that matters. It's the fact that they are declaring um, their eligibility to go pro. They'll probably end up in camp somewhere if somebody doesn't take him. But uh, I, I don't think a team is going to waste an asset on him uh, this late in, into into the I whole agree. process. And to be honest with you, he's better off being a free agent anyway. He'll yeah. have more options. He'll, he'll have more options thing. than being the fifth round supplemental pick of some team. I mean, yeah. To be honest, at that you. point, I mean, salary wise, yeah, I mean, it's going to look good, but that salary doesn't matter unless you make the team, right? Wouldn't you yeah, rather have the, the opportunity team. to to choose the team that you can make as opposed to, you know, a bad decision by somebody or whatever it is that's going to happen? Right. You may as well have control at that point. And that that's you know, it, it goes back to, to Vontez Perfect in what was that twenty twelve, I think it was. He went undrafted. Yeah. You know, first round right. talent went undrafted. He had I, I think he had like twenty offers. He could have, you know, chosen anywhere that he wanted to go. He picked the one right. that had that gave him the best opportunity uh to make the team and to play. And he started as a rookie. Um, just kind of a, a bizarre situation all around. But I think that's a model of how players can look at it and, and say if I'm not going to get drafted, Lael Collins was the same way. You know, if I'm not going to get drafted in round one, don't draft me at all. I want to pick where I'm going to go, and then we can negotiate a contract from there. Um, it, it makes more sense. Right? That might be optimistic. You know, you need a little bit more scratch. You know, not everyone's Lael Collins in the situation that he faced. Yeah. But right. you, you can see um, why it might make more sense for a player to enter the supplemental draft, even if it isn't the draft itself that's important. It, it's the fact that you are declaring yourself a free agent uh, in, in the NFL pool. It'll be July 11th. We will have no coverage of it. All right. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
Enjoy your holiday weekend, sir. I will. You guys as well. I, uh, uh, be safe. Be good. We'll uh, we'll get back to it after it. Sounds great. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys.